um, when you get lemons and we're going to be making lemonade. Um, and the lemonade is starting solids with uh, little people. Um, I'm going to try to do some demos for you too while we're talking. Uh, first thing, and I don't know if you guys can see this, you probably can't because uh, it's a pan, <laughs> but you can't see what in it, what's in it or I'll dump it out. Oh no, there you go. So basically um, what I have in here um, are sweet potatoes cut up, red walnuts, apple, um, and pears and pistachios and um, some uh, avocado oil. And showing you that so you can see how fast this stuff can cook up and you can make some baby food real easily. So I just stuck it in the oven. Um, in starting, I think the first part of the conversation that people often ask is when do you start solids um, with babies? And uh, I think it's generally accepted that it's fine to start solids um, at anywhere between four and six months of age. Some of the other guidelines are when a baby has doubled their birth weight, when they are sitting up relatively well with uh, little support um, and have pretty good uh, head control. Um, and by the way, feel free to jump in with any, some people are saying that they can't hear, Kyle. I see that in the chat. Um, I don't know if that's changed. Um, if you can't hear, how should they handle that, Kyle? I don't really know. <laughs> um, I do see, see the messages from when I first started it. Uh, everybody oh, okay. hears now. Oh, okay, good. All right. Um, please, as I'm talking, um, chime in with any questions. I do much better that way. Otherwise, I feel like I'm talking to myself. Um, and it's not as interesting to me, probably not as interesting to everyone else. Um, when you think about food and introducing food, I think the question likely comes up, why do you do that? Um, I think the most important reasons are you want to start providing um, good eating habits, good nutrition, um, now the, there's all the talk about early exposure to uh, allergens and um, actually an article came out in one of the peds journals earlier this week saying that though the recommendations have changed uh, very little of that information is getting out so i do want to be sure and mention that to everyone on this call so that um, you're aware of the recommendation to start things like um, nuts and eggs, uh, fish, the foods that um, may more likely cause a problem early. And by early, the recommendation is four to six months. Um, earlier, if there's um, uh, concern for allergy. Um, the other important thing that I think doesn't get talked about much is the need for your babies to start using their jaw muscles and their tongue to um, move food around in their mouth, take food from the front of the mouth to the back to swallow, because that's connected to language. And um, often if babies are spending 
too much time on uh, just purees, um, in particular the pouches, that um, they're really just sucking it down, then they are at greater risk for speech delays. And of course, we want to try all we can to avoid that. Um, so then, you know, how do you expose children early on to foods? Well, they're probably the two most uh, common methods in today's world are purees, which have been the standard for a long, long time, and then what's called baby-led weaning, or what I learned the other day is BLW. Everything has the initials or an acronym. Um, and we can talk a little bit about um, the advantages or disadvantages of one over the other. Um, as I was doing a little more research on the baby let weaning, I don't know. I, I'm not convinced that there's a strong argument for the advantages that are talked about. Um, but if anybody's interested, I'm happy to have that conversation. Um, I think that there are very few rules in feeding um, babies. I think, number one, have fun. Um, explore in your kitchen. Let the baby explore lots of different foods, different tastes, different textures. Uh, I think that knowing the source of your food is really important and trying to avoid uh, highly processed foods um, or what's often called ultra processed foods. I was talking to um, an endocrinologist from NIH yesterday doing a study on type 2 diabetes and the impact of ultra processed foods. And it's not good, I'll tell you that. So we want to really try as best we can to avoid even starting um, that process and introducing babies um, to ultra processed foods. One of the reasons that I wanted to um, try to show you how easy it can be to um, quickly make really good and healthy uh, baby foods, not that you always have to make it, but I think some of the, the cookbooks and all the gadgets and so forth make it feel really daunting. Um, and I think that can be intimidating especially if you're a person who either doesn't really like to cook or um, struggles with how do you cook, especially how do you cook for a baby, which um, the way I see it really shouldn't be uh, too much different from the way you cook for yourself, other than initially you're going to puree it. And um, for me to keep that simple, I think your immersion blender is your best friend. Um, let's see. What else can I tell you about um, the approach to food? Um, so basically you want to expose the baby to good proteins. You want to expose them to veggies of all kinds and all colors. Ideally, just as we should be eating over the course of the day, protein with every meal. Uh, L'Oreal milk. Milbury, tell me, you have a question? I do. Good afternoon. Thank you. Uh -huh. um, 
So I actually had two quick questions uh, okay. about the allergens that you mentioned. Um, what's the best way when it comes to like the peanuts, since they can't really have peanut butter that early or, you know, the hard, like what's yeah. the best try for that particular allergen? Good question. I'm going to show you that. I don't know if you heard me when I said there's some walnuts in that pan and pistachios. I, yeah, there could be peanuts. Peanuts are not the healthiest food in the world, by the way, but anyway, which is why I don't have them in my pan, but this approach can be the same. So one, you can either take a nut butter and water it down and add it to a puree, or what I like to do is uh, either raw or cooked, put it in a, especially if it's raw, put it in like a, um, a coffee grinder or a, an herb grinder. And so it becomes really flaky and then you can mix it in anything. Okay, no, that's helpful. That makes sense. Uh -huh. And I had one other question when you mentioned as far as um, for them to start using their jaw muscles and things. So roughly how long should they stay on purees, I guess? Um, ah, good question. Too long. Yeah, it's gonna vary some. Uh, but once the baby is really swallowing, uh, let's say 90, 95% of what's being put in the mouth and they're starting to reach for food and so forth, they're ready to start moving to more and more texture. And often, um, I, I don't think that you have to start with an ultra smooth puree uh, for most babies. You can make it um, a little coarse is what I would say. Uh, and I hope I, I made some <laughs> some foods earlier and hopefully you'll be able to see the texture. And get a sense for that. Um, OK, so and, and back to what you want to expose. So you want good fat and real simple. The good fats primarily are your monounsaturated fats. Those are your nuts and seeds, your olives, olive oil, avocado, avocado oil. Um, highly processed uh, oils are actually pro-inflammatory. Um, so they create a lot of inflammation in the body. Most of your processed foods have um, oils that are pro-inflammatory, canola oil. In this country, if you buy vegetable oil, that's soy oil pro-inflammatory. Um, your safflower, your sunflower oil, all pro-inflammatory. You will on occasion see uh, where it says high oleic sunflower, high oleic safflower, high oleic um, canola. Um, it's better than the regular because when it says high oleic, it's got the same fat profile as olive oil. Olive oil is oleic acid. However, it's still, in particular, canola oil actually was developed in Canada, probably back in the 50s, and really it was developed to um, help operate machinery. Um, it's a very bitter, I don't know if you've ever eaten a canola plant, but it's rapeseed is what it is. So for those of you who are drinking oatly milk, what makes it, gives it that texture is the rapeseed oil, which is canola oil, which is pro-inflammatory. 
So you want to really limit your exposure to those things. Probably we're never 100%, but just sort of pay attention and read labels. Um, you don't want to cook with olive oil because you uh, take something that's a terrific antioxidant and you oxidize it, which is the equivalent of taking a pipe and making it rusty. You don't want to make your pipes rusty. So if you're going well, with one exception, and that is if you have an olive oil that is high, has a high polyphenol count, it's fine to cook with that up to about 400, 450 degrees. Um, if you want to cook with another oil, use avocado oil. Using a little bit of ghee or butter is fine. It's actually pretty good for you. Uh, it is a saturated fat. There's one fat in dairy, good dairy products, called margeric acid, which is actually cardioprotective in small amounts. So having a little bit is actually good for you. Um, you, you want veggies of all kinds, all colors, um, fish, uh, wild caught fish, preferably wild Alaskan fish. One of the uh, foods that I find babies like if they're introduced to it early, and that's sardines. And they're a wonderful, healthy food. One of the few fish that relatively few contaminants. I, I'll never say none, but because they're so tiny, their liver doesn't hold on to toxins or anything. And so it's you get them in um, olive oil, and it's a wonderful food, a wonderful first food, easy, because you don't have to cook it. Just hit it with your immersion blender, and you're good to go. So when you're running late and what have you, it makes a nice meal. Um, I like to put baby food in these kind of jars and uh, you can save jars. They're good, you know, once you're no longer using baby food, then you still have jars for food storage and that kind of thing. And you don't have, they're inexpensive. You're not gonna contribute to uh, making our world more toxic using a bunch of plastic. So anyway. That's, those are my thoughts about that. Uh, you do want to use nice herbs, so garlic and basil and oregano and uh, whatever um, herbs and spices that you like. Uh, again, you want the food to be interesting for the baby and you want them to like it. Be prepared for the first few times for them to make a face, not because they don't like it, but it's new and different. Feels different, tastes different. Um, they're just exploring it and often, a baby will do that and at the same time open their mouth for more. <laughs> so it really is not that they don't like it. Um, another thing, it, you know, you eat oranges and lemons and so forth, zest a little bit and add to the food. That's where most of the vitamin D, I'm sorry, vitamin C in the citrus is, the little white pith and the peel. So, um, and when you buy it already zest, it's not inexpensive. So rather than throw your peels away, just zest them and use it that way. Um, Dr. Yeah. Huh? We have a, a question in the chat. Um, Mrs. Costella asks, can you show us different cuts and sizes for foods for six month olds if we're doing baby led weaning? Um, I can. Uh, let's see. I had a sweet potato. What did I do with it? <laughs> Here it is. So 
Um, the, actually, I did. Let's see if you can see this. Uh, here, I don't know if I. This is chicken, and it's um, cut in little pieces. I think it's best to use uh, dark meat because it's more tender. It actually tastes better, in my opinion, um, and actually really does have more nutrients. Um, one thing I'll say about baby led weaning to consider, um, if the baby really can't chew it well, they're not going to um, get as many of the nutrients out of whatever it is, and they're going to absorb fewer nutrients. Um, I, I think, you know, when you're interested in baby led weaning, it's a good idea to do a combination of, the, um, of both purees and the baby led weaning. One of the comments I've heard about baby let weaning is that um, it's a better way to um, expose the baby to uh, a greater variety of flavors. Um, actually, I think the opposite is true uh, because in a puree, so for example, this, which I'm gonna puree for you, uh, has lentils, um, uh, red bell pepper, onion, and uh, mint, and um, some noodles. And um, one of the things about our area is that we live near so many nice farmers markets where people have, um, um, they have pre-made meals, but they're meals that are fresh and they use good fresh ingredients. And now this baby food is ready to go and this baby's gonna be exposed to onions and um, lentils and bell peppers and mint and what have you. Um, and I left it with a little bit of texture so they'll get that as well. Um, I'm gonna just show you with this um, sweet potato, you can give a wedge like that so that the baby can grab onto it and hold it and get it in their mouth. Because sweet potatoes are so soft, they'll just sort of mush it up with their tongue. So uh, a baby shouldn't have a problem with that. And uh, you can do the same with a really ripe pear because pears are really soft. An apple, I would maybe... Um, cook it a little bit so that it's softer, unless the baby has um, good teeth and is starting to chew. Um, this is a nice breakfast. So um, what I did was I, um, I made a, um, an egg concoction at uh, a frittata of sorts, I guess. And it's got egg and mushroom and onion and bell peppers. Um, and broccoli. And again, I just put some in here, um, hit it with the immersion blender, and breakfast is ready to go. So this is, you know, something that you can do the day before. You can make small batches, and the same jar that you, you can actually cook it in this jar as well as uh, puree it in the jar and store it in the jar. So it makes your cleanup uh, much nicer. Depending on what it is, I also add some olive oil if you if it's a like a four month old and you really want to make it pretty smooth. 
um, add some olive oil, which makes it taste better, and it has a nice uh, smooth uh, texture to it. Um, I also often will uh, add some sprouts, um, all different kinds of sprouts, which are huge um, antioxidants and really help the body to detoxify. Uh, you can do the same with salmon, canned salmon in particular, which is nice because you get the bones in there and they're really soft, so you're getting a lot of calcium and vitamin D. And you can add a pesto in there. It was my intention to put the um, sweet potato in there and um, just kind of make it a, a meal in a, in a jar for you. We've got a follow-up um, question from Mrs. A. Uh, uh, Costella, Dr. Me Knight, um, she said, uh, and my understanding is we should only do one food at a time at the beginning? No. I mean, yes, that's it, that's kind of, ah, yes, but no. Um, I don't believe in that. I don't subscribe to that. However, if you want to do that, especially if it's uh, nuts or something, um, and you're going to do that, you can either add it to a food that they've already had and you feel pretty confident that they have no problem with it. Um, or if there is a real concern that this child might have allergies, then yes, that's a good approach to take. But for most children, there's no family history, there's no eczema, no funny kind of reactions, anything like that. They're pretty safe um, making food more interesting um, and, and making your life easier by pureeing uh, what you're eating. All right, and we have a, a question from uh, Ms. Jennifer. She asked, um, you kind of already answered the first part, is it okay to give the baby sardines or other pureed meats at the outset, or should veggies and fruits be introduced first? Um, I think fruits ought to be kind of the last thing to introduce, perhaps with the exception of berries, if you're in peak berry season. It is actually against the law to miss out on berries in peak season. Um, but short of that, um, sugars really um, are our worst enemy. And uh, fructose being the worst, and that's the sugar and fruit, what saves us is the fiber. And that's why I add um, different seeds to a lot of the purees uh, to give um, uh, more fiber to the food to help uh, blunt that quick rise in, in blood sugar. Uh, but uh, it's nice to introduce babies early on to balanced meals. So, um, and you can use um, non uh, or vegetarian kinds of proteins. Most of them are not complete proteins. Quinoa is a complete protein, so you could use that. And quinoa is a seed. Um, I would use the um, the red or black or mixed quinoa. Uh, it, the more colorful food is, the um, more phytonutrients they have. So I'd always go for the more colorful food. I think I'm, I forgot the last part of the question. Um, no, you, you got, you, uh, you answered that. Uh, but she'd have another question. Are eggs okay uh, to give under one years old? Absolutely. The, the, the uh, frittata that I made for the baby. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
And, you know, egg is becoming uh, more of an allergen. So I'm really speaking for the baby who is not high risk. Um, the high risk baby, I would want to have a conversation about that and then how, do, how and when do we make that introduction. Um, and then we, you know, the whole conversation about why we are seeing uh, so many more uh, babies and children with allergies, that's a whole other subject, but um, something we should be curious about. And would high risk just be a family history of allergies or signs of eczema, or what are we looking at for yes. a high risk? Uh, a baby who's had lots of problems with eczema, a baby where there's a family history definitely is um, high risk. Yeah. And then there's something called FPIs that sort of looks like allergy, but it's tip, well, most of the time is in a baby who has no uh, allergy history or anything. Uh, and actually, it's a food protein reaction that's a lot more severe than your typical um, allergy. So if you do give the baby something and they have significant vomiting, please don't repeat it and really call right away because that can be more significant. Um, often, if people see a rash or hives, they get real excited. Um, and I, I understand that. Uh, but that those are your minor reactions. You should still call, but don't get too bent out of shape about those. Vomiting is a sign of a more systemic reaction that your body is not um, just reacting locally to the food, but um, th that's a sign of potential anaphylaxis. Not likely to happen on a first or second exposure, but um, you, it's something you really want to pay attention to. It looks like we have another question coming in, but it's not uh, fully typed out yet. Um, so if you, right, okay. Mr. Mr. Buzzell actually just got it in. Uh, Mr. Buzzell says, if we blend food that we are already eating, should we be concerned about sodium? I have to confess that I tend to uh, oversalt food when I cook. Ah, well, a little bit of salt is fine. Um, in fact, there are uh, minerals that we get from good salt that we, like iodine, that we don't typically get from other foods. But so maybe I would say, if you know you're going to share that with the baby, um, put maybe a quarter at best a half of what you normally put and then salt the rest after you take the baby's food out, if you feel like you need more. Um, the food that I've this cooking is ready. I'm going to add the, and, and if you have more questions, um, I, I will try to multitask, but I'm going to add some um, walnut and um, uh, sweet potato to the, um, to the salmon uh, for a late lunch. And I don't know, I wasn't watching. It's probably, it could have been taken out five minutes ago or so, but um, the walnuts, because they cook them in the oil, um, are very soft and are now pureed. Everything is pureed. Um, I purposefully put it in cast iron for a couple of reasons. 
food cooks so much faster in cast iron because it gets so hot. I believe it tastes better. And also for babies, especially breastfed babies, some of the iron from the pan leaks into the food and that's great. So I'll put it on the spoon, maybe you can see the puree. Next question from uh, Mrs. Page. Similarly, are fats like oil and butter okay for babies at six months? Um, monounsaturated fats and a little bit of butter, yes. Um, they, and actually, you might start with ghee rather than butter because ghee is just the fat. Allergies happen when you're exposed to protein. So the difference between butter and ghee is the protein has been removed and you're just left with the fat. So you're less, much less likely to have any kind of reaction. So um, what you, what I just made, <laughs> I had a moussaka that I got at the farmer's market that was made with um, um, roasted um, eggplant and tomatoes and onion um, from a woman who grows all this herself and then um, makes these delicious uh, uh, dishes. So again, if you're in a rush, something like that, and you know, I just added some chicken. You don't have to. One thing, especially if you're in a rush, for me, it makes a nice Mediterranean meal if you add some sardines in it. So you didn't have to cook anything and it's ready, you know, in two minutes. That I didn't cook. Again, I just got it from the farmer's market and I just used my friend, the immersion blender. Um, now, so what I had in mind with the apples and pears and the nuts, you know, when kids are older, even sometimes we eat uh, apple slices with a nut butter on it. So it's the infant equivalent. It's a, um, a roasted apple with some iron from the pan with good fat from, I, I cooked it with um, avocado oil uh, and good fat also either from the walnut or the pistachio, whichever you want to, um, to use. Um, and I added chia seeds. So you, there's a, a good amount of fiber and more protein that way. And it just takes a few minutes. And the baby gets exposed to nice tastes and flavors and it's good and healthy. Uh, you wanna give water. When you start giving um, food, whether it's baby let weaning or Purees, you do want to give the baby some water because once they start getting food that has texture and consistency to it, they uh, might get constipated if they don't have enough free water. Is there any guidance on how much water to give with the meal? Ah, uh, or two. Um, I've never seen a baby who drinks too much water, quite frankly. And, um, especially young babies, most of it's going to run down their chin. Um, but uh, yeah, ounce or two more, you know, it's going to vary from baby to baby and it's going to vary from day to day, depending on 
what the activity was like. Is it hot summer and they've been outside sweating, in which case they need more water? Is it winter and they're in the house and so forth? They can probably get by with less. If you start seeing the diaper looking yellow or smelling more like urine, you need to give some more water. Or if the stools are more firm. Mrs. Costello asked for the water be in a bottle or a cup, like a sippy cup? Uh, it can be either. So for a four month old, I'd probably use a bottle. Although some four months, four month olds over time can learn to take from a, a sippy cup. Um, but certainly the older baby, six months and beyond, I like to use the 365 cup because it's going to exercise those uh, muscles more. This is a, speaking of sippy cups, this is a sippy cup I made. I tend not to throw anything away. So it's the little jelly jar and a top from um, another uh, cup. <laughs> so anyway, just trying to think of all the different um, uses for these glass jars. Mrs. Ozoma asked, is uh, this two ounces per meal? Uh, not necessarily. That's going to depend on the size of the baby and how um, quickly they take. I mean, I would let the baby be the judge of that uh, because we do want kids to learn to pay attention to their body and their uh, hunger signals and the signals when they've had enough. Um, occasionally, you run into a baby who seems like they'll never have enough, but that doesn't happen that often. So in the beginning, I might start with a couple tablespoons or so um, when they, you know, it's a learning process. So in, initially, they may actually wear more than they eat. But and, and I start three meals a day. It gives them more practice um, and try to sit and eat with them. Babies are great observers and they watch the way you eat and in part learn to eat that way. Uh, but once they've really gotten the hang of it and uh, they're actually swallowing more than they are wearing, then, uh, you know, really let them be the judge. And if they seem to want more, that's fine. You're giving them good, healthy food. You're not going to make them obese that way. Mrs. Milbury asked, um, she says, not food related, but thoughts on not doing a sippy cup, but using an open or straw cup. I, I would much rather do an open cup than a straw cup. Um, I used to tell people, get a little shot glass because the baby can hold it in their hand much easier. And yeah, I think that's great. Mrs. Costello asked, uh, so with daycare, how do you balance introducing food? Um, I'm, I'm not totally sure what you mean, but my guess is, well, if you everybody's day is kind of different. If you can do breakfast at home, I would do that. Uh, I think it's a nice start to your day and the baby's day, especially if you can do it and not be rushed. Uh, I would send a lunch meal to the daycare and then do dinner um, at home. Hopefully you get home, you know, in time to to be able to do that. Uh, but again, the, the simple ways, and you can fix baby food days in advance and um, have in the refrigerator so that, um, you know, you don't start from scratch each time. Did that answer, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what you were asking, but did that hit what you were getting at? 
She said yes. Okay. And then for snacks, um, that's, you know, it's the same kind of thing, but just a, a smaller portion, but especially the apples and nuts, pears and nuts, things like that. I think those make great snacks. Once they get a little bit older, so let's say around nine months, I would start introducing um, a good plain yogurt from the farmer's market. Uh, it's got great organisms in them and you can add some berries or fruit or something. But again, when babies are exposed to those tastes early on, I think most of them really enjoy them. And um, it's a nice little snack. The baby yogurts, by the way, that are in the store are ooh, packed full of sugar. Uh, next question from Mrs. Goldston. Uh, can you provide or recommend a few recipes for four to six months old? So, Dr. McKnight, any plans to, because uh, we're going to post this video on the website, obviously, any plans to couple it with a few recipes for our parents? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really, at, you know, for me, cooking in the kitchen is fun. And um, I just make up things as I go along. But I will, I promise you, I will put some things in writing. I, I will say you can't go wrong. And, and I, I really encourage people to, um, well, occasionally you do go wrong, but that's kind of nice because then you figure out, if you're like me and I don't throw away food, you figure out a way to fix it or the dog gets it. Um, but um, I will do that, yes. Any other questions? And remember this to turn the oven off when you're done cooking. <laughs> Mr. Azugo asked, hopefully I didn't butcher that name. Uh, how often should you introduce new food items? Oh, you can do it daily. Yeah, you, you know, that that's, when I say have fun, that's kind of what I mean. You don't have to keep track of all of that. That's a, that makes, Food should be nutritious, it should be fun, it should taste good, it should feel good, it shouldn't be um, a chore. Now, unfortunately, yes, some babies have significant allergy and we do have to uh, be very mindful and um, be careful, That, but that's a separate issue and I'm happy to uh, work with anybody who is in that situation, I find it a pleasant challenge because I still want those babies to experience uh, eating as pleasurable. Um, so I, I do enjoy that challenge. Uh, for the baby who isn't um, confronted with those issues and for that family, have fun, but make it good food. <laughs> Our next question is from Mr. Buzzell. Uh, do you have any recommendations for balancing breastfeeding with introducing solids? For example, should you reduce the amount of milk given to avoid overfeeding? Uh, but on the flip side, how do you avoid issues with undersupply while figuring out how to balance breast milk and solids? Good question. Um, most of the time that's gonna happen naturally. Um, so what I tend to do is when they're first starting out, so generally first thing in the morning, baby's hungry and waking up and wants to reconnect with mom and so forth. So I think that should be the first um, nursing session. 
And then maybe uh, hour and a half, two hours later, I would give breakfast, you know, solid food, breakfast. Um, if mom is still at home with the baby, then I would nurse an hour or two after that. Um, if the baby's getting pump milk at that feeding, then I would give the milk. So whether it's from the breast or a bottle um, and then uh, do lunch. Next feeding would be more milk, dinner, milk, good night. All right. Um, and then uh, Stacey and Eric asked, is it okay to add salt or other seasonings to baby food? Um, I don't typically add salt. And at the same time, if I'm eating something that I prepared and added a little salt, I don't withhold it, but I don't necessarily purposefully think, oh, let me add some salt. Other seasonings, by all means, there's so many benefits to adding uh, lots of herbs and spices that they, a lot of them do have medicinal properties, uh, not to mention they just make food taste really good and that's what you want. Are there particular seasonings that are your go-to, Dr. McKnight? Garlic. <laughs> oh gosh, there's hardly one that I don't like. Um, garlic, rosemary, basil. I'm learning to like oregano. In fact, I've gotten it now where I do enjoy it. For a while, I didn't really care for it. Uh, marjoram, tarragon, cumin. Uh, I'm learning to like um, hot red peppers. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> I like it a little bit. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, those are probably. Oh, and I'm now learning to like more. Um, oh, what is it? Ah, uh, it's going to come to me. I have a jar. One of the problems is I buy spices in bulk and then I stick them in jars. And what's written on the jar may or may not really be what's in that jar. Um, so if you're ever in my kitchen, you have to be careful and. <laughs> Um, I, I do like, uh, oh, I like thyme a lot. Now, I like turmeric a little bit. I use it because I know it's healthy uh, and I do like it a little bit, but probably not as much as I like. Some, and I like curry. Um, there are two seasonings. One I know I have in a jar and I can't think of the name of it. Uh, I'll see if I can think about it. And one I have a jar. Oh, I know what I do with it. Um, sumac. I, I, I like sumac. So, ah, lemon verbena and lemongrass. I think of those especially in the summer. Um, and lemon pepper. I, I like lemon citrusy and it brings out the flavor of whatever you've coupled it with or tripled it with. I didn't hear that. Oh, nothing. Uh, does anybody else have any uh, other questions? Please feel free to raise your hand in the chat or put the question in the chat for Dr. McKnight or the uh, provider team.
Um, all right, well, if there are no other questions, um, I will uh, put together some recipes while it's on my mind and uh, get Kyle to, is, is the best way to post them on the website or what's the best way, Kyle? Uh, yeah, uh, we'll definitely uh, post them on uh, the website um, with the uh, the video, which uh, will be up for families to go back and review um, for today's video, uh, lunchtime chat. And um, I guess depending on how many recipes you come up with, uh, we can also see about emailing them out to the parents who attended. Oh, okay. Um, question, um, maybe at some point, I have to figure this out with COVID, but um, if there's anyone who would like um, a group um, baby food making session, just let us know and we'll see if we can um, make that happen. If you guys are interested in doing an in-person class that Dr. McKnight just referenced, um, then you can definitely email uh, into the uh, practice email. Uh, before COVID, Dr. McKnight did used to host occasional cooking sessions uh, here at the office, um, and I thought they were very interesting and good to attend. So definitely, uh, we've already got two people who have responded that they're interested, uh, so I think that might be a great option, Dr. McKnight. Okay, yeah, we'll... We'll figure that out. Okay, should be fun. They would, no, I was gonna say do it. I love being outside. So coupling the two would be terrific, but I think that would get pretty complex since I don't have a battery operated um, immersion blender. <laughs> but that, okay, we'll work on that. All right. Um, I guess if there are no other questions, I, um, I I would just say in terms of equipment, again, your immersion blender is your best friend. Um, things go a lot faster if you have a really sharp knife and a knife that feels good in your hand, and that varies from person to person, but just a really sharp knife and a nice cutting board. Um, the glass jars, many of my glass jars, when I buy things in the jar, I just save the jar, um, cuts down on expenses as well, and they get reused for all sorts of things. I use them for drinking glasses and everything else. So, and some are real cute, you, nice um, glass for wine. I believe uh, Ms. Uzoma has a question. Okay. Hi, Dr. McKnight. Hi. Okay. One of I my daughter is about five months old now, and she does all the interests. She looks, she lunges at the food, she does all these things. <laughs> at this point, would you say that it's safe to kind of give her like the whole kind of baby led weaning type stuff, or should I still kind of stay towards purees? Because she when we first introduced her to the puree, she was still kind of sucking on the spoon like it was a bottle, like a nipple. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I think the last day or two, she's kind of learned to open her mouth and take the spoon and food in her mouth. So at what point would you think that it's okay for me to kind of give her um, just kind of like pieces of a fruit for her to like play with and put in her mouth or anything like that? Yeah, I think it's fine to do that. The other thing is to um, not make her purees really smooth, but leave them a little chunky. 
and that'll give you an idea of how well she's going to handle little pieces. And at okay. the same time, yes, you can give her, you know, big pieces of things that she can hold on to and explore and mm-hmm. get into her mouth and end up on the floor. Right. <laughs> Another tip, don't trouble yourself with plates and bowls. They are going to become missiles and end up on the floor. So, <laughs> um, I think it's nice. I, I, I am a, a real purist about trying to avoid plastics with, with all the chemicals, but you can just um, uh, put a piece of, um, of um, parchment paper on the tray of the high chair and sort of tape it under and put food on that. And don't use, um, you know, try to use non-toxic um, cleaners when you're cleaning, well, when you clean everything, but especially the baby's high chair and the tray of the high chair. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to make a couple requests of you, Dr. McKnight, um, okay. for your recipes. If uh, if you happen to write down what you made today for the families, if you could take a couple photos of the uh, food, the finished product for us as well, oh. go up on the website as well with the recipe, that would be greatly appreciated. Will do. Yeah. I'll try to do some where I started and where I ended. I don't necessarily have some things. I've all just blended it all up, but otherwise I'll do that. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. We want to thank everybody for uh, taking time out of their day and attending this lunchtime chat with us. Um, We, again, look to have these monthly on varying topics. So if you have a topic that you'd like to have discussed, please uh, feel free to email that in to us at lunchtimechats at mcknightpediatrics.com. And uh, we will see you guys next month. Thank you all. Thank you. You're welcome.